0: hi everyone welcome to episode five of the digital look reads i'm savannah with miss n and today we are really excited to talk about a nonfiction book called four thousand weeks time management for mortals by oliver berkman uh, miss n go ahead with the synopsis
1: So 4,000 weeks is about time. So time is our biggest worry. There is too little of it. In this award-winning book, um, Oliver Berkman offers a lively, entertaining, philosophical guide to time and time management, setting aside superficial efficiency solutions in favor of reckoning with and finding joy in the finitude of human life. So Savannah, where are you at in this book?
0: I am surprisingly at fifty six percent. Wow! I think this is like the most prepared I've been Amazing. for a nonfiction book.
1: <laughs> and following the trend, I am at seventy six percent. It's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's the closest I've actually ever finished. <laughs> A book near our like whenever
0: podcast yes. yeah 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 I I feel like I think I finished at least one right one of the fiction books I think oh uh, I meant like before before we actually oh
1: you finished it after <laughs> but anyway that's besides the point <laughs> so I guess we can start off uh, my question with you is like what were your initial thoughts when. Uh, You read the title of this book, and I guess, like, the first chapter talks about how in an average human life, there's 4,000 weeks. So what were your initial thoughts when, you know, he was talking about that?
0: I, um, I forget. I think I was the one that found the book, right? But I only found it because I don't know how many years ago, like, maybe, like, what, two, three years ago, you introduced that, like, website to me where it actually calculates, 4,000 weeks and you get to see like a graph of like how many weeks you've lived so far and how many do you have left and it's always like
1: (laughs) like a shock. It's
0: terrifying to just like
1: see how many weeks like you might live.
0: Yeah well and then it's it's just like I feel like like the title 4,000 weeks it sounds like it, it I don't know it's like it sounds like such a Short amount of time, but then also when you like, when I think about it, like when I when I looked at the graph, I was like, I think at the time, I I was like only like a quarter into my my four thousand weeks, and I was like, oh, I have so much time left. And yeah, <laughs> sometimes I'll talk to people, and they'll be like, I mean, four thousand weeks. I think it roughly equates to about eighty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean, I think in the first chapter, he talks about how like if you live to a hundred. Uh, you're you get really close to five thousand weeks, but still, like the idea of like, I think for me, if I were to live until I was eighty, like that's fifty more years, and that sounds like such a large amount of time, but also, it's like a pinpoint. Hmm. Yeah. So I I don't know. Like I, I think the reason why we decided to read it is because we talk about it a lot. Like. And I feel like I revisit that website every so often just to be like, you know how many weeks has it been since I know, right? The last time.
1: (laughs) And it's so it's so fascinating. We've talked about this before where as a child when you're growing up, time can feel so vast. Mostly because your obligation you don't really have a lot of obligations. So you fill it with I don't know, with like homework if you have homework or you play with your friends or any of that stuff right so and then you often feel like oh when I'm like an adult I can get all this freedom and flexibility and all that (laughs) stuff yeah Um, but then you don't realize once you become an adult you start it's not like you have the same kind of freedom and flexibility as you have as a kid like I think we were talking about before it's like oh you know when I wake up I have to like cook Cook myself a meal or Mm -hmm. clean the house and and all of these things kind of take like you have 24 hours in a day so and what like eight hours if you're lucky you can like you have to sleep Mm -hmm. and the rest of the time it's almost like taken up by work or other obligations so it's not really you don't really have as much time as you would think you have when you, you when you were thinking oh it'll be great to be an adult right
0: yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. There were so many times when I was a kid where I was just like, like just wishing to be like in my twenties and, and I and I was like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, have not all of these adventures, but I would be able to have that freedom to do what I want. But what I didn't realize was that, like, you know, you have to work eight hours a day. And then like, I, I am grateful now, like I don't have to commute, but my, my days has shifted where like you know, for the first hour, I'm, like, taking my dog out for a walk and, yeah, having to make breakfast and sort of get myself prepared. And I don't know, there's been, like, I feel like as you get older, but especially, like, in our 20s, there's such a hustle culture that has forced me to, like, you know, want to expend every minute of every day to be, like, as productive as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, like, so unsustainable when you think about it because, like, yeah, you sleep for eight hours, ideally, if you can. I don't oh. think a lot of people do. Yeah, You work for eight hours, but then you also have to, like, take into account, like, commute time or, you know, like, that downtime from, like, going into the office or whatever. And then you have, like, eight hours left out of that. But it's eaten up by, like, all of these, like, really mundane little things like cooking, cleaning. <laughs> yeah. You know, having to take care of yourself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And
1: I think that like that was one of the the main points I guess that I took away or I'm t- taking away from the book where it's it's almost like this acceptance that you can't ever do everything that you you want to do in a given day or even in a given lifetime. And as you get older, it's it's that acceptance that you kind of have to find a way to navigate through because it's like it's like that whole phrase of like every day that you're alive is one step
0: closer to your death, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is so morbid. (laughs) It's the amount of times I think in like, I don't know if it's like the first few chapters, but I mean, he talks about it throughout where he's like, you know, like you may have technically 4,000 weeks of your life to live, but realistically we actually cannot confirm if that week will actually live until we're 80. Like so many things, are out of outside of that control. Like you, you could die, like literally any day, right? <laughs> and you won't get the full four thousand. That's like terrifying <laughs> to think about.
1: So I guess like that was my question with you. Like I I've talked to you about like existential dread and all of that stuff, and I've talked about it with my therapist too. But I'm curious, how do you how do you approach that when you know that you know you you could just die and I know it's like very philosophical right but it's Mm -hmm. like it's like such a strange thing to grapple with when you kind of step back from your life and you step back from all of the like the day-to-day or business and be like well I'm gonna die (laughs) and it's like what what is my purpose And like it goes through like all of like what is my purpose in life what is the point of life you know what do I really do I want a legacy do I care about it? Like, like all of those stuff. And then you're just like, oh, I'm tired. I'll just like watch TV. <laughs>
0: it It is a lot. It's, um, and I mean, I think especially for me now, especially this week, it's funny. Cause like we're recording this literally like I'm six days away from my 30th birthday. And so I have been thinking about that a lot, like life purpose and, and like, you know, what do I want to do for the next, like, 50 to 70 odd years? <laughs> <laughs> Great long-term planning. <laughs> but, like, acknowledging that, like, yeah, you know, I may not, like, I may get, like, one day I may get 70 years. Like, it's, it's honestly insane. I definitely don't think as, like, a young adult, like, in my 20s, I thought about it so much. I feel like I was really fixated on, like, getting ahead trying to get into like a career as quickly as possible and uh, sort of checking off those like life accomplishments you know like dating and marriage and doing all those things that you're like sort of told and expected that like this is how you live a good life and you know it, it really revolves on, on like making as much money as you can and as as sort of as a short amount of time as you can and I, I mean especially like in the area that we live in I feel like Toronto has like a much stronger hustle culture than most places because when I think about like my friends that live up north I don't I don't think they're working as hard as we do like they don't have two or three like side gigs on on the way like they have like their career and then they have their lives but now yeah I think especially this past year as I thought about like you know turning 30 is like a big like a big life age I think like it's a it's a transitional year and I have been thinking like wh- where do I want to find joy in my life and like what would I like what would I feel accomplished with if I were to go and I mean I had like a big traumatic event that happened in my life three years ago that you know like a family member's life was cut short in his 30s And so it is kind of like, I think about the fact that like, potentially I could live past that age. You know, I could be 34 in four years and I'll be older than him in a way, right? Like that's so strange. And I think when that happened to me, I was like, I need to figure out how to like, not only enjoy life, but feel proud about what I'm doing and really like try to embrace the moment as much as possible. I think that was like, that's not necessarily a purpose, but it's just like, you know, recognizing that I won't be able to experience everything that I want, but within the experiences I do have that I enjoy them. Um, Although to say like some of the experiences are not that great and I hate it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And uh, I wish I could like fast forward through time.
1: (laughs) It's so interesting when you're talking about like, like fast forwarding and all of that stuff. Because I, I know, like in my life, I have, I've often tended to, almost like feel like okay, like where I'm at, it's just a placeholder. I'm gonna. It's almost like this thinking of like, okay, this is just like a stepping stone to somewhere else. But when you have that kind of perspective, what ends up happening? is you keep living in the future that's not there yet, that you miss the moment that you're in right now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that's something that I still need to kind of remind myself on a daily basis of like, okay, like, you know, you might have like future goals, future plans or whatever, but there is also beauty and something special in this current moment. It might not be exactly where you want to be yet, but there's something here. And it's like, it's it's hard though, because like sometimes you just, like you said, like not all moments are the best and you want to just like fast forward it, right? But it's like in fast forwarding, you don't know, like you're saying, you don't know how long you're going to live, right? So it's like, what if, if you do have that ability to fast forward? Like, what if that means like the next day you'll, you'll be gone, right? Yeah, like yeah. You don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be insane. You try to fast forward and you're like you enter like a void right and you're like <laughs>
1: what happened <laughs> What happened? <laughs> did I go too far
0: <laughs> it's uh yeah yeah it's I think like especially with the first few chapters of this book and I, I guess I wanted to ask you a question about it too is um you know he does talk about how we as a culture are really fixated on like making as much time as possible to like really enjoy it or you know create those memories that would really like like I don't know make our lives feel so much better and he talked about like being hyperproductive and multitasking and I was like listening to the book as an odd like an audio book, and also like you know when I was listening to it I was like taking my dog on walks I was doing dishes I was <laughs> Like, I was multitasking and I wasn't like sitting fully with the book. And I felt like so called out <laughs> by that. Yeah. <laughs> so, when it comes to like, you know, like you creating your life purpose, but then like, how are you handling having to, like, I don't know, like our culture really forces us into like this way of living where we have to be as productive as possible.
1: Yeah. Which is so wild. I think there's a portion. I don't know if you already read that part, but there's a portion in the book where he talks about how the concept of time as a like as something that's like quantifiable or like a commodity didn't actually come into play until like later on. I guess like in the I I, I might not be remembering this properly, but maybe like in the industrial age or something. I
0: think it was the industrial. E- well, because that's when people started doing. Like they started having to like clock, like do shift work. Right. Right.
1: Exactly. And like he was talking about how before that, a day's work, for example, was just judged by, you know, if the, when the sun rises or something. Right. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't like by, you know, you owe me like three hours. Like there's no concept of that. Right. And it's, it's fascinating how our culture has turned into such a, you got to be productive like eight hours i feel like that's impossible by the way i feel like i think like i must have I, I read somewhere where it's like you're only productive like four hours a day yeah um and then the rest of the time it's just like i mean i don't know i don't know what people are doing the rest of the time i mean you know i think maybe
0: it's like <laughs> team bonding or team <laughs> um if you're an our if you're an employer of ours uh we do work we do work absolutely we do work <laughs>
1: But, but you know what I mean, right? Like, at a certain point, like your level of being very, especially if it's like back to back to back meetings, like what really are you accomplishing in those meetings that could be emails?
0: Well, even like, the amount of times that I've like sat in on meetings, that also turned into emails where it's like, we have a meeting, we discuss everything. And then we have like, follow up emails. And then through those follow-up emails, you have another follow-up meeting where you discuss like the emails. Yes. And so it's like, yeah, like you you wish that you could put like all of your work into a meeting, but then it actually just becomes all this like sort of meaningless like admin work that doesn't actually do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess like going back to your question, because I know I didn't answer it, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, like our culture is so productivity based that sometimes when you actually do rest, like today, for example, I didn't really do much. Um, I said, I mean, I still should probably do my taxes, um, but I, have, I haven't I have done it yet. And part of me is like, oh, I needed this weekend to rest. Um, I just needed it to like not do anything. But then there's also that part of you that's like, this was like your weekend that you could have like caught up on all of these other stuff that you didn't have time for the rest of the day because you were working, so it's it's weird. It's like it's almost entrenched in you to be like, I gotta do something, or else I'll fall behind. But I don't even know what falling behind means.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're we're all in this like sort of um, <clears throat> like race to the end, but the end is death. Death. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know why we're like chasing it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> there was this, oh, there's, this is later on in the books. So I don't think you've read it um, yet. But um, there's something that he says where he's like, people are afraid of just letting time unfold. And in the the process of doing that, sometimes you just, you, you kind of, yeah, yeah, you, like, you try to fast forward things, whether you, like, you force people to do this or that, whereas, like, sometimes you just need to let things be and be okay with not being in control of other people's, let's say, other people's schedules or other people's times, like, it's just, those are things that will happen in time, but it's that, like, kind of, like, mentality of, like, no, I, I want it to happen now because, I don't know, do you think that, like, our, our desire to hustle or be in this, like, productivity culture stems from the fact that we're going to die? Like, like, this subconscious thing of, like, there's not enough time. I just got to
0: make the most out of everything until I die. I, well, I feel like for me, when it comes to, hul- like, hustle culture, I was viewing it more as a means to create time in the end like uh and he talks about it like within like the first three chapters where um you know when you are trying to like life hack your life and you know if you if you multitask like these two things are like tandem like these two projects or whatever maybe you'll gain like an extra hour in your day like me reading an audiobook and doing dishes at the same time I save like maybe 20 minutes because <laughs> Because it, it takes me 20 minutes to do my dishes or whatever, right? So I think, as, like, for me, like, the hustle of it was, like, you know, I'm hustling to make as much money as possible so that somewhere down the line, I'll have enough time to, like, take the vacation that I want or enjoy and experience more or, like, have t- like have an early retirement. Like, that's that's been, like, a huge fixture of mine. But then when I actually think about it, like – the amount of effort and time that I've like put towards like just hustling Mm -hmm. forced me into like using up all of the time that I had. So it wasn't actually creating any extra time. Like it's, I was just filling it up because I could. And then like, it calls into like that area of like, you know, when you are sort of hustling and working like potentially upwards of like three jobs you know like you have your main job and then like two side hustles or whatever the impact that it has on your health probably isn't great and so like realistically you know when I do if I do retire early will I even have the opportunity to like travel or do the things that I wanted because I sort of like used up my health yeah yeah that's
1: tough yeah (laughs) and that's like that's such a yeah like that is so challenging because like on one hand, I mean, both of us have experienced this where it's, like, we have, like, there were, a, there was a point in our, in our lives where we were just having, like, a lot of contract jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to contract jobs, you just accept whatever opportunity lands on your way, right? And I don't know if it's the same. I, I love your shirt, by the way. <laughs> just sign that. Stand with Standing Rock. <laughs> um, um, But, okay, that was, like, I they won't, see, they won't see it, but yeah, so sorry, I, I. I I get distracted very (laughs) (laughs) easily, but so the thing like with contract jobs, right? It's like you just accept whatever um, comes to you, and it's almost like this like mentality of okay, like I'll just accept everything. And I think at least for me, it's like when I started having like more stability in my career, it's so hard to turn those opportunities down because sometimes you still have that mentality maybe it's like a scarcity mentality of like okay like what if this dries up then at least I have a backup and then you have a backup of a backup and then it just becomes like this cycle right but like what you're saying that's that's hard because then at what point do you stop and actually enjoy your life that you're actually that you're building with all of this Thing that you're, like, this, like, security blanket that you want to have. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, and, like, I've actually been thinking about that a lot because, as you know, but I don't, like, obviously our listeners don't know this because this is a new thing. 2022, I worked, like, I was working a full-time job and then I had two separate contracts that sort of, I mean, one was sort of, like, over the year, which was fine, but it, it, it had, like, this... The month of June for me was just so compacted that I was working three jobs at a time. And I got, like, I got a really bad cold. Like, I was exhausted the entire time. The money was great. I was really happy with the money. But it it was also, like, you know, where the balance comes in, like, was it worth it? Because then I also owed, like, a ton of money on taxes. (laughs) Um, And I don't, like... And so, like, now I've been thinking about um, sort of going in line with, like, you know, what do I want with my life and how do I want to sort of, like, make purpose or just really fixate my life in, like, a different pattern. Um, I've been thinking about, like, you know, if I were to take on, like, a contract job again this year, um, I would want it to be something that I feel joy with. Like, of course, I would love to have, like, the extra funds and you know, I do like the idea of doing contract work because it is something that you can normally do that is a little bit different than your day job. Because I think like, uh, in the job that I was working last year, like I wasn't really doing anything with social or with websites. And those two contracts really allowed me to like, like go back into it and sort of redefine like my love for working with social and, and working on websites and consulting. Um, but I was also just so terribly stressed for like five months straight that I don't know if it was necessarily worth it. Um, cause I also didn't have, like I didn't take time off. I didn't really have vacation. I mean, they were worthwhile experiences and I'm happy I did them, but I don't, I couldn't like, I couldn't see myself doing them when I'm like 35. Like it's, it was really for me at the time, I was like, I'm taking this for the money and for the experience. Cause I know I probably won't ever do it again. And so now when I think about like the potential of like, I don't think I'll ever work three jobs at once again. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, I guess it was good that you were able to try it yeah. to understand that you didn't want, you don't want
0: to do that. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it was more experience based, you know, like I think the opportunities that came up were just like once in a lifetime things. And that I feel like that's what I've been doing a lot lately is like really looking at my life and being like, will I ever get this opportunity again? Probably not. So let's try it. Um, cause even with like the current job that I'm working, even though like realistically when I think about it, I'm like, it's not like, it's not ever going to be unstable where like the job itself will disappear. Um, but at the time, I was like, you know, this is an organization that most likely, like, even five years from now, I probably wouldn't take the job because I would. I, I mean, with social and like the work that we do, um, it's so it's so fast. I'd I I I think we're like aging out of it now. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was just about to say that. It's like
1: I I can't. I mean, I am older than you by. But... <laughs> A whole lot, but it's, it's, it's not one year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I am getting to this point where it's almost like there's always something new coming up and you're not like, I'm not on TikTok, for example, like 24 um, seven, not Neither. that like, you know, <laughs> men's heads are, I'm not, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah. And it's like to get into that groove of um, understand, understanding the pulse of your community and um the new features like it annoys me now that like Facebook and all of these like other companies keep coming and like it's great but also I'm like annoyed because then I have to like learn mm-hmm. <laughs> to like use it um with like
0: our like our organizations right yeah so. yeah well and yeah that's the thing so like when I took this job I mean I, I had somebody say she was like I'm it was like a leap of faith in a way she was like, I guess because I was the job that I had before my current role. Like technically, I, I probably could have worked it for the next. I could have retired in it. Like realistically, it was one of those jobs that I had gotten where you could you could literally just like wait until after your uh, probation ends and then you can just sit in it forever. Um, and so when I took my current job, she was like, she was like, I hate that you're leaving and this is such a leap of faith, but I'm proud of you. And I was like, is it a leap of faith? <laughs> like, am I messing up? Uh, but then I got into it and I was like, Oh, I don't think this organization will ever like disappear and the job will never like go away. But I guess in a way, like I took it on. Cause I was like, I doubt that. Yeah. Five years from now, if I were offered the job that I would take it, because like the social media environment will be so completely different that my skill set would probably not be sell like well suited for, for it. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, that's why, like, when I think about when this is morphed into our career talk, but I think when I think about the job that I had before my current job, and it was like, a, in the public sector, and that was very stable, I was there for three years, I could have retired there until I was like 65, or whatever, doing the same thing. But I think there is that, there is that sense, I think, when I, I'm very existential. So I guess I was thinking about, you know, if I did retire, if I worked here for 30 years and it's the same job, I, I, I don't know. I It's hard for me to see myself doing like that kind of job where it was like, social or whatever for 30 years. Um, but you get that question in yourself where you're like, did – what is the point of this? Like, sometimes, like, you you can do it for a certain amount of time. But because, like, a lot of the stuff I was doing was very cyclical, like, a year-round thing, it was, like, the same milestone, same events. And at some point, you ask yourself, okay, is there is there a better use of my time, my skills elsewhere that could benefit from it, right? So I think that's, I don't know, I think in terms of career, when you start thinking about your life purpose and, like, the you know, the limits of how old you can, you know, how how close you are to dying. Mm-hmm. You're, you start thinking about, well, okay, I, I can't do the same thing every single year. I just, I need to figure out my life purpose. So I haven't figured it out, but you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I feel like, and I, I'm not sure if he mentions if Oliver Berkman mentions this in the book, but I think he kind of touches upon it where it's like, you know, life's purpose probably isn't in like the pursuit of finding purpose, but the purpose itself is just living. Um and I think like he he talks about how um you know like you won't be able to travel and do everything that you wanted or experience everything that you want to experience. But then, or like, even if you do like some, like if you, if you become like a world traveler uh, to what extent is it just like visiting places to check them off your list rather than actually experience and embrace that? Like that's it, it ultimately becomes like another sort of like thing where you're just like pursuing accomplishments versus actually, like, living and experiencing the life.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think, like, I definitely agree with that. I think, like, I think especially this year, maybe because I started traveling again, where I've, I've started to shift my perspective um, in terms of, like, where my money goes, where I'm, like, I really value, like, just spending for the Spending to travel or to just experience things with other people. Because I don't know. I don't know if, well, you you mentioned it earlier that that kind of like popped into your head. But it's almost like the stuff when people like die, for example, the stuff that you will remember the most are the moments that you spent with them. And I am trying as much as I can to put as much of that emphasis in my life where I'm like, I'm creating those moments. I'm creating those opportunities where we could spend more time, you know, doing something or going somewhere just because like I, you, you never know. Like, I think I had read somewhere that, you know, let's say you, you only see your friends or your family like once a month or something, or maybe once every two months, that's like what, if it's once every two months, that's like six times in a year and how many how many more years will you have mm-hmm. and it could be like 24 more times that you would see them so when you think about it in that way you really realize that you don't have a lot of time left and it's it's so scary to live like that but also i guess you you try to just savor every single moment that you have with them right so i don't know
0: it's i mean i think it really touches upon the idea of gratitude And I think that's something that I've been sort of like dealing with right now is just trying to be grateful for like, you know, the moments that I am experiencing because, you know, I may not ever experience them again, but it's, uh, yeah, you you don't know how long you have. And so as much as it's, um you know, a pain to have to, like, live through it, especially when you want to, like, fast forward through the moment and, like, get on with your life. Like, you don't actually know if you'll you'll be able to. Um, and that's kind of crazy to think about when you are, like, including other people in your life of, like, yeah, like, the how much time you, like, spend with somebody could be very limited. Um, and I think there's, like, I don't know where I saw it. I feel like I... I feel like I probably saw it on like Facebook where it shows like the amount of time that you spend with your parents. And it's like, like up until 18, like 90% of your time, like that is 90% of like the time that you've had with them is up until you're age 18. Cause like the other 10%, you know, you're off living on your own and, you know, depending on like how much longer you have with them, it's only like really like 10 to 20% more. um, And that's like, while to think about that the core years that you spend with your family is literally just when you're living with them, mhm, yeah, and then you have like another you know sixty seventy eighty years where you're only like ten percent of that time is spent with them, yeah,
1: yeah so lot yeah <laughs> sometimes I'm like how do people like live without being uh
0: overwhelmed with existential
1: <laughs> Ex- existential thoughts? <laughs>
0: i i definitely have to say like like listening to this book reading this book um it i i forget like when it happened like maybe two weeks ago i was like in a chapter and i was like thinking about like my life and like where i'm at and like you know sort of like some of the changes i've been making in my life and then i was like I forget what he was talking about, but it was like trying to move away from like that productivity mindset and just really like starting to embrace the idea of like experience life, experiencing life as it is. And then I was like, oh my God, I want to travel more. Like I was, I started thinking about all these things that I actually want to do with my life um, instead of just like ruminating on like what I'm not doing or whatever. And it was it felt like such a, like a light bulb moment. (laughs) And then, I I mean, I haven't really done much since then, but.
1: (laughs) It's a good first step. It's a good first step. But I like that point that you make where I think sometimes, yeah, like sometimes we like look inward and like kind of, is it, it's like, is it called like sunk, sunk cost fallacy or something where it's like you stick to something because you've already stuck with it. Or like you've already paid a certain amount so you don't want to change or something um, I don't know if that relates to this but that just like popped into my head but I'm thinking like yeah like when you realize okay like sure I may not have done what like, like all the stuff that I wanted to do at this point but then I have whatever time I have left moving forward so it kind of shifts your mind into kind of prioritizing those things right and being like okay like this is what I want This is, like, you know, the people that I want to spend time with. This is, like, the places that I want to go, experiences that I want to do, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I I do think that we get stuck in that idea of, like, how much time and energy that we put into a period of, of our lives is an investment. And I feel like that's been, like, something I've been, like, grappling with for the past year is, like, you know, the investment that I've put into a period of my life I've had to say goodbye to, and it's been such a weird thing to be like, yeah, I put in 12 years and it's not working out and I'm moving forward. And it feels like, uh, like the biggest thing is like thinking about, well, if I had done something else with those 12 years, what would my life be like? But I have to sort of like have a conversation with myself and be like, well, like, you can't control, you can't, you can't time travel back, you can't, like, you live this life once and you just have to, like, be grateful for it and accept and move on, but then also, like, use it as sort of an experience of, like, you know, how do I want to read upon my life in the future and what do I want to do with it? Um, And I think, I mean, the chapter, I, like, around the 56%, I think, in 4,000 weeks, um, Oliver Berkman sort of speaks to it where it's... um you know, trying to find ways to just be with your life and just, uh you know, try not to equate it so much as like, is this investment worth it? Or like, that life hacking, you know, am I creating extra space and time for the future when realistically, you don't know if that will ever actually work out, but you just have to sort of move forward and redefine everything uh, and be okay with it. Like, I think in, like, the, the later chapters of it, seems like he focuses more on, like, finding acceptance. But, you know, there is really, like, no way for you to really know if you have the next hour or 24 hours or whatever. And so when you are sort of being like, well, I want to redefine my life and I want to start moving towards, like, this other thing, even that thought is just fine because you may not actually have like the opportunity to to, like do it. (laughs) (laughs) At least you were moving towards it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly like this book. um, I feel like it's come to me at a good time because it's like really helped me to, I guess like reevaluate my life and also to be like, Oh yeah. Like what I'm, what I've been thinking about, what I've been moving towards um, is helpful Mm -hmm. yeah for sure there's a
1: there's a point in this book where I think it oh this is maybe a little bit after like 65 percent mark um but he talks about hobbies and he talks about how um you know sometimes it's like that whole productivity thing where it's like sometimes we want to make the hobbies like something that we can get something out of right
0: oh my god make some money out of it (laughs)
1: exactly and then you make it your third (laughs) hobby (laughs) <laughs> um but he's he was saying that you know if a hobby doesn't feel embarrassing to you it's probably not being done for the sake of just doing it and it's probably being done for some other reason whether that's like productivity or getting something like some money or whatever right and I'm curious if you found that like in in your in your life like have you have you had any have like I do do so I, I have, have an, an embarrassing hobby, but, <laughs> but, hobby? like like, anything that you've kind of, like, tried, and,
0: like, what's your take on that when it comes to, like, hobbies and how you use up your time, I guess, right? I mean, I, I think, as you know, like, I've, I have a lot of hobbies, but the the hobbies turn into something that generates money or whatever, you know, like, like, the po- this podcast. Was... Oh, do you want to tell <laughs> listeners how this
1: podcast actually came to
0: be? <laughs> What's the what's the word again?
1: Procrastinating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Miss N and I found um, it was what was it a reel? <laughs> it was like an animated reel where yeah, you're procrastinating, so you you're work, like you're working in your everyday life or whatever, but you want to do something else to help procrastinate, and so you end up like formulating something, and that's what happened to this. Like we. <laughs> It's actually been, like, like yes, it's, it, it came from, like, us procrastinating on our work lives and also probably avoiding some things in our lives that we didn't want to, like, necessarily deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, th- this came to fruition. And, yeah. I think that's, like, how a lot of things happen. Yeah. um, It's funny. And it's
1: been <laughs> such a, like, happy kind of accident to keep going, right? Like that, and I think we mentioned this, like, in earlier episodes where it's, like, I think the reason why this work, and I mean, we've had this idea of like a podcast for like two years or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I think the reason why this work is that we kind of just accepted like, you know, where our status is in terms of like reading the books, not actually finishing them. (laughs) That helps so much. (laughs) That helps a lot. Um, So yeah, I guess in some ways, this is like those like, like a hobby that is embarrassing in one sense, because we never actually finished the book. (laughs) Um we do sometimes, but uh but yeah, like I think it's like giving ourselves that grace mm-hmm. to not necessarily be perfect um when we show up for these recordings
0: and just talk and like talk about books, talk about our lives, right? Yeah. I mean I think that is the nice thing um about it. Like it it it's so hard because it's like, yeah, like we are adding this extra like Job into our lives of like you know having to produce the podcast having to read a book to whatever percentage that we can having to market it and sometimes it pops up in like conversations in my life where I'm like having to explain it and you know in that way it's (laughs) it is a little bit embarrassing like I haven't really I only now have I started telling people about because we're like we're on like month five and so I'm like okay we're on a roll it's not going to end um but i yeah like i wouldn't say it's embarrassing like like the only thing i can think of embarrassing hobby wise is uh that i read Germani fan fiction like (laughs) (laughs) that literally has no
1: purpose (laughs) I mean you might end up writing a book someday so like who knows maybe it's like planting the seeds for
0: (laughs) I'm just like reading through these like terribly written fan fictions that just like really pull at my heartstrings I, I don't know it but it was like something like I am embarrassed to admit it but I'm also not because I'm like it's something I do for myself Uh Um, whereas like before, like a lot of my hobbies, when I used to do crafting and stuff, it was really like, I like sort of, I was doing it with the idea of like, I would get recognition or act like some sort of like accolade, you know, like, you know, I made these earrings like, Oh, give me, give me all the kudos that you can, or even buy them. Like for a period I was selling earrings and, and then it became like intense because I was like, my God, I'm having to <laughs> I'm having to, you know, I felt pressured to like create and then it really killed the like the spirit of it. So then I stopped because I was like, I can't I can't do it anymore. Um but yeah, I think fan fiction is <laughs> is my embarrassing hobby right now. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Not even fan, like it's Germani fan fiction. That's yeah, the only that's one funny. I read. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I love like what you're talking about when it comes to almost like finding internal internal validation or internal joy and you're not doing something for other people, you're doing it for yourself. I think that's really important. Um, I think for me, and I, I had this conversation with my new therapist where uh she was I was telling her about like dancing and how I got into it um pretty much like three years ago um and she was like are you like were you inspired by someone are you going like are you dancing with anyone and I'm like no I just go by myself she's like oh that's so cool like that's cool that you're doing it for yourself and I remember like when I first did my dance class um I, I I don't know. I think it was like on sale, and I was just like, "I'll try it." Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like so embarrassing. And I don't even I like I regret it now that I don't have a video of that first class because I was so embarrassed. I was like, "I suck so much." I do not want video recording of this <laughs> at all. But now I'm like, "Oh, done it." I could have like, <laughs> you forget. You're like, you will get past that yeah. embarrassing. Face. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like I think there's there's something so so great about like, I mean, I don't aspire to be a world-class dancer. I'm not going to be, you know, the next K-pop star that you will see dancing <laughs> on your TV screens. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something like fun about kind of just filling your life with joy and, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm glad that I tried dancing cuz like I would not have realized that it was, you know, such a fun thing to do. So I think I, I guess like that's like what you were saying, where it's like maybe it's like the journey to getting to like your life purpose or whatever. Like it doesn't have to have a meaning, but if in that moment you're actually, you're, you're, you feel like your life is getting enriched by it, then maybe that's, you know, that's okay to fill more of your life with those things.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it kind of goes against the like, cause uh, like our culture is so fixated on like, you know, how to make, money off of everything that you do like really it's like making our life a commodity I mean he Oliver Berkman talks about this where he says like like lawyers it becomes so ingrained in them that like every hour is billable in their life and so that's why they stop participating in like family activities because realistically you know it sounds so terrible, but like going to your child's like dance rehearsal for an hour that could be billable. And so they don't do it because they want, like, they become so ingrained that like they need to make money off of it. Um, And I think that's why, like, it's so hard for us to actually love or like look or seek those embarrassing hobbies because like, the only gain that you have is just like emotion is yeah. joy. Like, yeah. cause, cause you're, you're not getting anything out of it. Like you're not, right. you're paying for it. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like you are getting stuff out of it cause you're like, you're, you're feeling better about yourself mm-hmm. and you're connecting with your body and, and yeah, you're experiencing joy. But like the tangible thing that we're told, like if you're not getting sponsorship, like if you're not getting paid, to mm-hmm. dance and like what's the purpose of it
1: Ooh. yeah which is such a wild. like when you de- deconstruct those kind of thoughts it's like wow it's so wild that society has kind of built up that that kind of thinking and then we we often don't question it because it's something that we've kind of grown up with right
0: yeah yeah well yeah it's anything on social like you know you try to be an influencer you try to make as much money as you can off of it or yeah like it, it's the commod like the commodification of our lives is so rampant now and it's until like you read a book like this that you actually start to like understand like oh like what is my motivation to do it like to do this podcast versus like reading Germani fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah it, it really like makes you take into account like a lot of your experiences as an adult and like what's propelling you. And I mean, I, I'm assuming probably at the end of the book, he's going to say like, there's not much that you can do Mm. in terms of like becoming like the most carefree spirited person where like you don't buy into consumerism because I don't think that's possible in like today's age to like remove all technology and like, exist outside of like this world that we live in right now because like one it's really hard to try to be as in the moment as possible but also like you would lose all of your friends and family because like we're all sort of embedded into this together for sure yeah for sure yeah
1: yeah so i guess like before we end our podcast my question to you is like how how do you how are you like approaching your life nowadays you mentioned it before but like what is your hope for your life to kind of be and how it can unfold in the next you know I mean in the next year in the next five years in the next whatever like how how has this book kind of like made you rethink how you're gonna approach your life
0: I definitely I think I'm going to start and I think I've been kind of doing it is like approaching it in a way of uh like determining like, like the outcome, which in a way, like probably it's, it's hard. I mean, it feels hard to explain, but it's like, instead of the outcome solely being like, make as much money as possible, I think it's going to be like, how much joy do I want to have come out of this? Or like, you know, ultimately what experience do I want to have? Um, because as much as it is like the idea of making as much money as possible to sort of save up so that I can experience things down the line, like that doesn't work. It's, it hasn't worked out. Um, and so it's like, how much, how much work can I realistically do where I could, you know, pay to travel or have those experiences that, you know, don't really give me anything other than joy. Um, and I think especially for like the next year. Or so like, I have absolutely no idea like where my life is going to to be. I'm sort of like in this like very pivotable uh, limbo transition in my life. And I hope, I hope that like where I land will end up um, being a space where I can like, you know, find joy, find love. And I just think, okay, like this is the thing I think about all the time is like having that Sunday morning where you wake up and I have like, like a nice like breakfast. I have like a hot cup of coffee and I'm just able to sit for like Mm. an hour in like solitude. Oh my gosh. That's like, that's like the visual that comes up to me like all the time. It's like, I don't even need to be anywhere. Like I could literally just be in like my apartment Mm -hmm. and that's like, I just want peace for, even if it's for an hour before I have to like get my day started. But that's, like, the thing that I kind of, like, want to land into. And I think that's been, like, where I'm redirecting my life is, you know, finding those moments of, like, peace within myself. And then, um, yeah, having that sort of be, like, the thing that pulls me. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so beautiful. How can I follow that up?
0: With my <laughs> you can also have an hour on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that's hard to follow Um, (laughs) because I feel yeah I feel so my thing will not be as powerful as what you had just said (laughs) Um, but yeah I think I feel the same way I think um, I think you get to a certain point um, maybe that's what you start thinking about when you're in your 30s right where um, you kind of start accepting that you can't do everything that you want to do in your life and it's prioritizing you know what you said like experiences prioritizing spending more time with people that you love and and it's almost like accepting whatever comes your way obviously you have the agency to direct your life in certain directions and aim for certain things but it's it's not being so like very strict Mm -hmm. with yourself when it doesn't happen and almost allowing uh flexibility in your life to be like okay well this didn't work out I'll just you know I can pivot to something else and having that kind of belief that you know wherever you're 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 moving towards that's the story that your life is you know going to unfold supposed to unfold you know and just accepting that so it's it's I don't know, like, wh- how, where my life will unfold as well. I don't know how many years I'm going to be alive. I hope until 100. Like, I have this, like, vision. Okay, so if your vision is peace, with uh, like, that's also my vision, peace. But my vision... <laughs> I make it sound perfect. <laughs> also, vision, check. Vision, peace, check. <laughs> but... <laughs> My added thing is that I really like one of my deepest desires is to be like an, an a grandma. Like I saw this like uh, choir thing of like old grannies that were singing choir. I don't know. They were like in their nineties and they're they're very happy and they're singing. So I I, I want to like epitomize that kind of like old granny with like. You know, with like, well, I don't want to lose my teeth. So I was like, (laughs) like, like envision like a grandma with, with, without her teeth, but smiling. But I actually, I want to have all my teeth. And then just like, you know, just like living until like you're 100 and you're still, you still, you're still finding joy in your life Mm -hmm. and you're still kind of like being amazed at like all of the stuff that has happened in the past 100 years. I mean, most of your friends may be dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's it, it's if I'm able to live until a hundred, I can and I can still find that joy. I feel like that would be great to have.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I I mean, actually, I don't know because like both of my grandparents on my dad's side are still alive, but on my mom's side, both my grandparents died when they're in their eighties. So I've been kind of like assuming I'll probably make it to like eighty-five.
1: Oh, man, (laughs) live until, like, 95, so that, you know. Because, you know, most of my grandparents, I think, yeah, two of them. My grandpa lived until he was 98. My grandma lived until he was 98. The other one, yeah, and then, yeah, the other ones died at 80 and 75. So there's a chance I could be 100, but Mm. also 80. So it's a...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it probably depends on, like, like active lifestyle, like I feel like health and diet is probably a main. Like both, both, both my grandparents on my dad's side, like they have lived very active lives, and I think like even now, like they're still they go on daily walks, they like exercise. So I think, I mean, I feel like that's a big factor to like how their life is. Uh, so yeah, okay, I'll say I'll, I'm gonna live until I'm a hundred too. Okay, great.
1: Right. <laughs> I want to, I want to die at, no, before you. (laughs) So morbid. That's not how we should end this. this A a positive note.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I mean, like we don't, let's say we just never, we'll never die. We'll Uh, never die. We'll never die. (laughs) But I do think like, I feel like you shared this with me a few months ago (laughs) where it's like, uh, we'll just I, I mean I, we'll have to figure out when we go into a retirement home because we'll have to go together Gosh, but
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> you remember like that vision that we had of like having uh what is that motorized vehicle oh. side <laughs> <laughs> by side <laughs> yeah.
0: so cool. we'll have scooters <laughs> and we'll live on like A really nice, like, spa retirement. Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. I want, like, you know how, like, we go, like, to the spa and it has, like, the waters? Like, it has to be a retirement home. Yeah. That has spa features like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I like that. Just,
0: like, a eucalyptus steam room every day. Oh, my gosh. The
1: life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's my goal. That's my my life purpose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I guess last thoughts any last thoughts (laughs) uh
0: well I think like I definitely am gonna finish it I'm like I feel like I'm on chapter nine uh and there's only like I think 12 13 chapters or no I think maybe 14 uh but I do want to finish it because I feel like I'm just interested to see how he finishes it and how he ends it off because it's such a big concept of a book talking about time management for mortals. Like how, how does somebody write a book about productivity, but then essentially just talks about how like you can't be like, realistically, like productivity isn't a thing in our lives anymore. Uh, So I think I'm excited. I hope it really like not shakes me to the core, but I hope it like shifts something in my ideology and helps me to reset some of my priorities in my life.
1: For sure. Yeah, I think for me, I will definitely read. I think there's, I'm listening to the audiobook, So I think there's a, an hour left until I'm done. Um, I think I'll finish it maybe today, maybe tomorrow. But yeah, I think like so far it has, it has made me think a lot about like how I prioritize, how I, you know, schedule things and like the whole thing around hustle culture. So Um, I hope that it continues and I just don't forget it after a month reading in and I'll be like, okay, like, I read that, done, go go on to the next. So I hope it it resonates into my
0: life. This becomes like the last episode of our podcast.
1: (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) But we don't know.
0: (laughs) Imagine it just done
1: (laughs) we had other uh time management stuff we needed to take care of
0: (laughs) we create a travel blog (laughs) (laughs) just
1: again (laughs) we
0: didn't actually learn anything from this book No. (laughs) okay thank you to everyone who has listened and enjoyed our conversation today and if you've read the book please let us know. Uh, Give us a shout out at The Digital Look on Instagram and TikTok. I think we're also on Twitter, but we're not active there anymore. So do not message us because we will not (laughs) respond. Um, But we appreciate you and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. See you next month. If we do have next month, bye. (laughs)